Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, cretins. Ah, <laughs> uh, John, 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 and another fine show, right? Yeah. Well, it will be. And yeah, soon. Time to wrap this one up. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, seem to just fly by. They do indeed. Yeah. Um, speaking of flying by, you flew by. Uh, what? What? Some? Uh, you got back from Brazil just recently, or? Yeah. Yeah. I um. I was down in the city of Recife, Brazil, mm-hmm. which is actually spelled R-E-C-I-F-E, hmm. and um, beautiful place near the equator, full of Zika mosquitoes, um, although I can't say that I've noticed my head shrinking at all lately, mm-hmm. but um, very nice uh, place, um, modern, bustling city, good beer scene, had uh, had some nice beers at both Debron and Ikut Breweries, um, as well as lots of homebrew from the, at their Hoptoberfest mm-hmm. festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great time. Great time down there. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of these days, i gotta, I got to make one of the trips down there. Yeah. It, it, South America is just an amazing place. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you have these, you know, notions of, I don't know, you know, canoe, dugout canoes on the Amazon and or – uh, alpacas or, you know, chasing mm-hmm. ostriches on the pampas or something. But, you know, very modern uh, continent and, and countries. I mean, right. and the craft beer scene is really picking up, picking up. Um, a lot of new breweries popping up all the time. Um, great brewers down there. Yeah. Problem for me is I my trips tend to be where we sell, you know, the most Her- uh, yeah. of our heretic beer. So. Because then I can justify it. I can tell my wife. I was like, oh, well, you know, it's to go uh, it's a tax write-off. visit the market and uh, work with the distributor and, uh, you know, visit yeah. some accounts. And you'll be fine here at home, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that's how I justify my, my trips. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a whole lot in uh, Brazil. Excuse me. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, selling. Yeah. So, Did you uh, get up early and vote this morning? I got up early and voted last week. Ah. Vote by mail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully, Did we all uh, make America great again? Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully our, all of our, our political candidates will find new depths of virtue to tap into in the coming yes. months. Uh, well, <laughs> and hopefully all our, our listeners are exercising their right to vote. Uh, right. Regardless of what country you're in or, or where you're at, uh, the right to vote is is uh, absolutely critical to exercise that vote and uh, be part of the the overall uh, solution. And, yeah, uh, not, use it uh, or lose it. Yeah, yeah. When we when we fail to vote, we end up uh, failing to control our destiny and our our political system. So make sure you vote, no matter who you're voting for. Just get your ass out there and vote. Um, you know who I probably vote for for president? <laughs> Our good buddy. Our good friend John. John Blickman. Yeah. I mean, he is a little bit of a nut job, but hey, you know, what <laughs> nut jobs are, you know, that makes him perfect for political office. That was That's my called write-in. thinking outside the box. That was your write-in? That was my write-in, yeah. Oh, John yeah. Blickman. John Blickman, uh, yeah. Porno, Porno Steve wrote in John Blickman. So there you go. John got at least one vote. Uh, no. <laughs> All kidding aside, uh, John Blickman's a great guy, and uh, 
very creative and uh, passionate about making the best possible uh, gear for home brewing. Um, they've got uh, their their Blickman Engineering line, BlickmanEngineering.com, and then they get the the Anchor Brewing or Anvil Brewing uh, Anvil. Yep. Uh, dot com uh, for a um, you know also you know real solidly built. But, uh, you know, a few less bells and whistles, just, uh, you know, great basic uh, brewing equipment uh, at a more uh, cost-conscious price. So uh, check both those out, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com and uh, uh, AnvilBrewing.com and uh, uh, see some of the great stuff that uh, Blickman Engineering is putting out. That, uh, and they also sponsor the show. So uh, the least you can do is uh, give them a nod. And uh, tell them how much you like that they sponsor the show. Yeah, uh, today, um, this show, uh, John uh, from New York, he wrote in and he said, Hi, Jamel John. I just listened to the last Q&A show, and one of the questions had to do with resurrecting an old beer engine. I got to thinking about cask beer and how little I know about it. So what exactly is a beer engine? How do they work? What is the effect on beer compared to a traditional keg setup? Is it something worth trying on the homebrew level? Uh, I know they are traditionally used for U.K. beer styles, but you frequently have heretic beers on cask at the tasting room. How are hoppier American styles suited for cask? Thanks in advance. John. Um, I, th- I think that's an excellent idea for a show. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think John's the first to mention it, but it was the uh, the most recent email we got on doing a cask beer show. Uh, yeah, cask beer is um, not only a method of um, serving, but it's also a method of preparing the beer. So um, there's a fair amount that goes into doing it really, truly traditional and correctly to make, you know, like camera happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you do it halfway and still be cask, or is it all or nothing? To them, it's all or nothing. But I think like anything, um, you get varying levels of uh, return for what you're doing. If you go the full, the whole hog and do it, you know, traditionally, you get the best result. But I think you can capture some of the effects and beauty of cask beer going taking some shortcuts too um so it's up to kind of the individual i think you could start off uh doing something a little more basic and see if you enjoy that and if you kind of get into it and think it's cool and want to do some more well then you can you know take some further steps and uh, you really won't be losing what you uh started with so we'll kind of walk you through that as well. I think, uh, you know, uh, like any any good uh, any good uh, you know brewer, your goal is to you know make the best beer possible. And I think that um, you know cask, um, you know, if you really want to do it right, then there it, it becomes quite a bit more involved. But again, you can do the basics. Mm-hmm. One thing to note, um, people are all excited about nitro beer, too. And oh, yeah. the, the nitrogenating beer was really just invented to kind of mimic. S- mimic cask beer, to cut out all those steps and to just, you know, lower carbonation level, some nitrogen to force it through at, at high pressure, and a little sparkler in the faucet, and then that's nitro beer. So that misses a lot of the uh, things of cask. So um, nitro beer is one way to go about kind of simulating cask. And then um, there's some basic ways of doing cask that are, I think, easier than nitro Mm -hmm. and capture, you know, at least most of what you get out of nitro beer. So Yeah. Now, are cask beers limited to English pale ales, or can you make almost any beer a cask beer? Well, just like you could uh, nitrogenate any beer, you could put any beer on cask. However, I'd be careful. I think the ones that do the best are, you know, if you look at the English styles, traditional English styles, those are the ones that do best on cask. 
you know, an, mm. an ordinary bitter, a mild, um, some, you know, maybe some brown ales, things like that. What we found uh, for us is that a beer that finishes really dry um, and has a lot of hops, like Cousin, does not work well on cask. Okay. Uh, you know, you can do it. I just don't think the results are very pleasing. That matches um, what I've uh, when I've talked with some cask breweries here in the LA area, like mm-hmm. McLeod's. They've said that some of the hoppier styles need more carbonation to kind of you know firm up you know, the the bitterness. Mm. Uh, can be a little bit flabby without it. Yeah, um, I think you know you also need some body to the beer sometimes. I think it's um, so when you have a, a crisper, drier. Um, like I wouldn't put a pilsner on cask. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, you know, if you imagine a North German pills on cask, it just it it, it doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that our evil twin, which is really hoppy, um, right. but it's got a lot of malt character too, and a lot of caramel malts works beautifully on cask. Oh. So, just just along those lines, um, That's our Robus Porter works great on cask. Um, and then we do, uh, you know, a, a traditional English bitter. We do that on cask. We do a mild. We do that on cask. Um, we do various flavored porters on cask. So all those seem to work fairly well, but not the uh, the the thinner, drier, um, crisp uh, types of styles. So, hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, if you're looking for some cask uh, cask gear. Um, they may not have everything on cask, but they've got quite a bit of cask stuff. They even have uh, small packets of whole leaf hops if you want to do some some hot, some dry hopping in the cask. It's uh, Williams Brewing. I don't know if you've uh, ever checked out uh, WilliamsBrewing.com, John, but oh, I've, yeah. I've bought from them in the past. They've been around since 1979. So when I started home brewing, they were already 20 years in business. And, yep. uh, you know, you don't stay that long in business without... Uh, Having some some customer service and knowledge of uh, great ingredients and, and reasonable prices, so they've offered the finest equipment, freshest ingredients, and best customer service in the business since 1979. They've got uh, a full line of inner tap forward sealing beer faucets, interchangeable spouts. They've got the a new motorized grain mill kit um, that uh, will spin your your uh, mill motor or your mill at uh, the correct uh, rpm without a bunch of uh, belts they've got uh, the mark ii wart pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump it starts at only 69.99 but does the wow. job of pumps costing twice as much hmm. and uh, they got brewer's edge mini regulators they've got uh, keg king kegs they've got uh, disconnects they got all that stuff and um a bunch of stuff for for cask as well. I bought some cask gear from them and cask cask items. So uh, check them out WilliamsBrewing dot com. Let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, let's get more into uh, the the equipment and such uh, for cask beer. Right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature march pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. During the break, we were talking about dirty beer glasses. I have the ultimate photo of dirty beer glass. That's the worst I've ever That's seen. That's offensive. Yeah, isn't that bad? It was absolutely nasty. Nasty, nasty. Uh, I'll tell you what isn't nasty. The Craft Up Brew uh, guys have come out with a compact conical fermenter called the Catalyst. It's made from plastic that's over 90% less uh, or, or more scratch resistant. Um, less likely to scratch than other plastic conicals and 71% less oxygen permeable. Low-profile stand. You can put this thing in your, your fermentation fridge. You put it on your counter. It doesn't weigh a whole lot either, which makes it nice because uh, easier to move around. And um, cleaning's a breeze because the, the entire lid comes off, so you can reach right down in that bad boy no matter what, what size of your arms. And... Uh, Get at those little crusties and clean the damn less thing nasty. up. Less, less nasty. Less nasty. It's 90% less nasty. Yes. Um, and the best part is they've got a giant three-inch butterfly valve at the uh, bottom, and you can attach any size mason jar to that and take a dump of uh, your yeast into uh, your mason jar, and you can take that dump and you put it in the fridge, and you can use that <laughs> dump for your next, uh, your next uh, batch of beer. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you learn more at craftabrew.com today. All right. Uh, let's see here. We're talking uh, cask beer and um, the things that uh, uh, make up cask beer. So cask beer in itself is uh, a way of conditioning beer. You put it into a vessel, usually a, a cask keg that's... Um, um, comes in various sizes, the most common sizes being the pin, which is 5.4 U.S. gallons, or the firkin, which is uh, 
10.8 U.S. gallons. And, and these tend to be kind of a more rotund keg. Yeah, or, kind of they're, they're bulbous on the sides, kind yeah. of regular keg, and they kind of extend out. Um, so you need a little little uh, rack to, to put these in. And usually the rack kind of tilts down the front, so there's two openings on the cask. One is uh, on the top where this, this uh, bung goes in, and you're, you, um, uh, you're able to uh, pierce it with a spile, a hard spile or a soft spile. Hard spile kind of seals it off, so soft spile lets it breathe a little bit. Um, in the front, there's a, uh, another opening where you can hammer in whatever your tapping equipment is. You can put in a, a, uh, just a gravity flow um, tap, hammer that in. It, it knocks the, the plastic or wood one out of the way and seals up the, the cask that way. And then you can put it on a, on a counter or top or something like that with it slightly tilted forward in a, in a little rack. And you open up the the faucet, and the beer comes out into your glass like that. That's cast beer. They do. They do. Um, this is you know the way that beer had been served for many centuries. And as a matter of fact, you go to like uh, Dusseldorf, and you go to the alt breweries there. They have wooden barrels of beer. They put them up on the counter. They tap them, and then they just gravity feed them into glasses, and that's it. That's that's their their beer service. Now those beer, I mean, cask beer and the Dusseldorf Alt are these are all lightly carbonated too, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, fairly fairly uh, reduced carbonation. Alt beer tends to be a little bit more, I think. Um, so with British cask ale, uh, this would be all you'd need, and you could um, you know do it that way um, before you serve that kind of uh, cask. Or before you serve any cask, when you're using these traditional uh, cask uh, containers, a firk and a pin, whatever, um, in the, the top uh, bung, you're going to, uh, there's a little s- spot in the center where you can hammer through, like I said, the hard spile, or you can hammer through a, you know, a soft spile. So to start out, you hammer in the soft spile, and that allows any excess carbonation to come out. So... Uh, you've naturally carbonated in the cask, and then you by adding this priming in, sugar. By adding priming sugar, you wait a, a few days. Uh, the yeast uh, ferment that, the yeast settle out, and then the uh, you know you hammer in the soft spout to kind of let any excess carbon dioxide kind of leave the the cask. You want it down to uh, you know one to one and a half volumes. I, I tend to shoot for about one and a quarter. Uh, to one and a half okay. you could go up a little bit higher but um it starts becoming a little messy i think um and it could be a little too much so <clears throat> that's that's one way to do it now so along these lines a if somebody was to um use priming sugar to carbonate a beer in a keg a regular like a you know Cornelius keg, that in itself is very similar to cask. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. the The shape is different. There's you know the serving's a little different. Um, you could you know do your priming sugar, put the cask uh, the 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 corny keg on its side, and then um, uh, where the uh, the gas in is, you could. Uh, you could, uh, well... Attach a breather. Right. right. Uh, you could attach a breather to there or to, you know, the dip tube and pour out of the gas in if you tilt the the, the, the uh, oh, yeah. uh, keg a little bit. And then you could put on, you know, one of those faucet coupling uh, pieces and, you know, do it that way. And, you know, that's uh, a bit of a, an approximation. One of the reasons that... Uh, they insist upon um, uh, using the the spile and all that, and opening the beer to the atmosphere is that the different atmosphere in different pubs or you know places it, it can it affects kind of the flavor of the beer. The beer actually stales a little bit over the course of a couple of days, and you get a little bit of that character in there and. You know, kind of the terroir of the uh, 
the environment that you're in. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons um, that, that they do that. They, they kind of take in air, but it requires you to use up the entire uh, cask. cask within, you know, a couple of days. Yeah. That's probably worth mentioning again is that <clears throat> cask beer is uh, not exactly gravity serve, but, you know, they're, they are um, at low carbonation, mm-hmm. partially open to the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and not, not really forced out of the keg into your glass. Um, right. And very, very often, we'll get into beer engines in a minute, they're actually pumped out of the keg to mm-hmm. your glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say that, open to the atmosphere, drawing, you know, the soft spile allows a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, atmosphere into the keg. That's, that soft amount of staline or oxidation, right. you know, adds some character to the beer. So... so um the uh where was i um so the you, you could do that in a in a regular keg um if you were to um want to do a beer engine a beer engine is essentially a pump is a pump that will you know um draw liquid up from uh, essentially whatever distance it's got flappers on uh, on the on the beer engine, so even if the the line is empty, you can pump air and it'll it'll draw the beer up to the beer engine. So when the casks were traditionally in the cellar and the pub bar was above it, they would draw it up from the cellar using a beer engine. So it's kind of like a marine bilge pump, a manual bilge pump in that in that respect it'll draw water up from a distance so i've seen people use marine bilge pumps uh to simulate cask um beer engines um so instead of gravity serving you can you can hook this up to a beer engine and you can pump the beer into the glass that way you can do this also with keg beer or beer in a cornelius keg um, as John was mentioning, the important thing is not to push it with CO2. As a matter of fact, if you, one of the reasons that you hammer in the soft spile to let the cask breathe first is that if the cask is pressurized uh, beyond a certain minimal amount, the beer will actually just travel right up the tube out the beer engine. There's nothing to stop beer from going out the beer engine. Um, it is kind of one-way flappers that carbonated beer just pushes its way out so you have just beer shooting out the beer engine (laughs) if you hook up fully carbonated beer it's got to be um you know less carbonation than the amount of rise that you're doing or you know the, the restriction in the hose and generally it's a very large diameter hose that you use on on the beer engine it's not a very long run um at Heretic, we're so doing them in a kind of a kegerator that we are able to keep at 50 degrees. And so the beer engine's only drawing, you know, a couple of feet of, of head to, to keep the CO2, you know, from squirting out the end. Mm-hmm. So you're not using the usual, was it 316, 516th beer line? No. So on this, it's a half inch. Oh, Most okay. of the, the cask beer supplies are half inch i take a half inch line mm-hmm. and okay. a, a good a good place to find uh, a lot of the uh cask things you need you know a lot of brew shops and stuff will carry um most of the consumable supplies you know like spiles and uh bungs and things like that but if you want to get a beer engine not too many people sell them uk brewing supplies or what's the name yeah yeah uk U- UK, uk brewing supplies of lancaster pennsylvania yeah that's where just about everybody gets their stuff now because uh that guy gets in shipments of, of all the cast supplies and he's got quite a quite a few uh, things um we actually shifted over using a widge which is you turn the cask on its end which is how it's how we let them condition anyways and um you just instead of going in through 
uh, well, you still go through the same opening, but it actually has a little float that keeps it drawing just uh, just below the surface. And um, it's got multiple... A widge multiple, is a different kind of cask, or a widge is a different a, kind of... It's a, a serving thing. So you, you hammer it in instead of... Uh, also putting in a soft spile into the uh, the bung on the top uh, or in the rounded barrel side of the cask, you actually, this has um, a place for a soft spile in the widge. So you only have to penetrate the cask once. And then there's a, a thing to turn on and off the, the soft spile. So instead of switching over to a hard spile for storage, you know, let's say you serve a little bit, and then you want to save the carbonation that's in there for the rest. You hammer, you take out the soft spile, you hammer in a a hard spile to kind of seal it off. That's how you would do with a natural cask. On the yeah. widge, you've got your soft spile in there, and you could swap it out with a hard spile if you wanted. But it's also got a little valve; you can just turn it off, and essentially that's hard spile. Okay, and, so um, it's it's a fantastic little uh, little device. It's not cheap, but man, if you're doing cast beer on a regular basis, it's just absolutely wonderful. So you would recommend it to people that eat that, to people that otherwise prefer double penetration. Yes, yes. Um, no need for double penetration with this. If you enjoy double, double penetration, then I urge you to uh, to uh, keep going with that. But um, stick your hard spile in there, you know, if that makes you happy. Um, the uh, um, other thing about the, doing the widge was it allowed us to keep the cask on end and uh, put it in what I said was a modified kegerator. They have what they call cascerators where the beer engine mounts on top. Um, and the uh, kegerator, it, it's able to dial into 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, has a range of like 32 to 50 um, so we're able to keep our, our cast beer at 50 and, uh, it's fantastic. I love it. So it's still all very traditional, uh, cask. It's just made super easy by spending another thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> More convenience for your money. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the, when we were doing cast to start, we would just, uh, we, keep it in the fridge and it's 38 degrees we'd bring it out let it warm up a little bit start serving oh, yeah. it and then by the end of the day it would be you know probably closer warm. to 60 degrees and yeah. it'd just be too too warm uh they have blankets they have chillers you could uh you know put an ice blanket on it stuff like that but the problem with all of those is it's very hard to control the te- temperature accurately you're yeah. kind of around what, what you want is cellar temperature so you know, traditionally, you'd have a cellar, and uh, that's where you, it would be around 50 degrees all the time, or 40, 45 to 50 degrees. And that's where you put all your casks, and you draw up to the bar from there, and that would keep your temperature. Well, if you don't have that, especially out here in California, we uh, that's why I, I use the uh, cascarator. So that's uh, you know one of the, the options as well. Have mm-hmm. you, John, have you uh, used the, the new Brew Guru app from the AHA? Yes, I have. I'll tell you, I think it's a fantastic app. It actually shows you where all the homebrew shops and brew pubs and all that are around you. And it even shows which ones have the uh, the AHA dis- member discount. So yeah, that's very right handy. off the bat, that uh, saves you money. And it's got lots of uh, great... Uh, Articles and things that are are hand uh, hand picked to uh, you know you can read on your phone and uh, or whatever uh, you know wherever you're using the app and uh, I think it's pretty neat. You can get this at uh, any of your usual places where you get uh, your apps your your app store your uh, Play Store your local street corner wherever you get apps. Uh, yep. Some your your kindergarten age children will will be able to point you towards where you get this thing, and it's free, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, you can try it out for free, and then uh, if you're a member, it's got all those resources unlocked for you all the time, and uh, everybody should be an AHA member. I'll tell you the one thing that I think it needs What's is that? to tell you where you can find uh, real ale uh, on cask in the United States. Oh, no, that would be nice. I mean, they have it for, uh, you know, the U.K., but not in the U.S. I mean, maybe somebody's got it. I don't know. 
But I think uh, that would be absolutely cool because I, I love me some good real ale. That's true. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Take uh, another short break. And when we come back, more of uh, cask, uh, cask beer after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey there, BN Army. Have you heard the latest at Hop Tech? Since Hop Tech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including White Labs, Y-Yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. <laughs> Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Uh, speaking of good friends, um, did you know Nico Brew is uh, kind of uh, back? I guess he didn't go anywhere, did he? No, I don't think so, but he certainly is a good friend. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, they have uh, the hops you're looking for from your standard uh, recipe staples to those hard-to-find ones. 
After seven True. years, they're still offering their famous $5 shipping. And with their super fast turnaround, you're going to be brewing in no time. All their hops are nitrogen flush, vacuum sealed, and mylar packaging. Make sure you get the freshest hops available. They even have uh, commercial accounts available for pro brewers and homebrew shops. Coming soon, the complete line of pro brewing equipment, custom built fermenters, brew houses, you name it. They're getting in the equipment business. Uh, wow. Check out the new uh, Nico Brew swag, like onesies, teas for toddlers, and even something for you grown-ups out there. Uh, uh, the mankini, excellent. The, the mankini, finally, with the uh, the pair of hop cones on it, uh, will be will be out soon. Uh, head over to nicobrew dot com today for all of your hop and mankini needs. Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. Why, talking about else? beer engines, right? Beer engines and uh, making so, a keg work. Right, you could you could um, you know hook a beer engine up to a keg, a corny keg, of course, and see if uh, you know that that can work for you. Um, the issue is um, really not not a whole lot of an issue. You you need to put a breather on it. The surface area is a little bit different, um, so you may not get quite the oxidation as quickly. So maybe that actually will, you know, allow it to uh, stretch out over time. And you could you could serve this vertically because um, yep. you'd hook up to the dip tube. Uh, some people cut the dip tube short uh, just for the yeast that settles out after, you know, conditioning in the, the keg. Um, but, um, yeah, you could just pull through that, that first bit. One of the things that uh, some people do that's kind of frowned upon is cask breathers. So you're not supposed to push the the beer with CO2 uh, because then more CO2 dissolves in it, changes the flavor. You're supp- mm-hmm. But there's this thing called the cask breather, which it hooks up CO2 to the uh, to the keg and, and or to the cask and keeps it at uh, one psi. So it's such a low pressure that it does not add uh, any Carb- significant sure. amount of carbonation to the beer. Um, one of the important things about cask beer is that it be, um, you know, cask conditioned, uh, carbonation yeah. developed in yeah. in the in the cask. So, uh, you know, you can hook that up uh, again. I think they sell for about uh, sixty bucks, seventy bucks. You hook up your CO two tank, and that prevents oxygen really from oxidizing. It's it's a, a method of making the keg or the cask last longer. Um, so, not really necessary. Um, and let's talk a little bit about uh, cask conditioning itself. So some breweries will take beer that is, you know, mostly fermented. Um, they take it at a certain stage in the process, and then they will add um, finings. They will add um, some some priming sugar, any sort of dry hop that they want to add, and then um, they'll bung it up in the in the cask and then let it sit for a while and it'll develop the carbonation needed. Um, the yeast will settle out and then it's, it's ready to go. Um, nope. you, yeah. What sugars do they usually use for priming? Um, I've heard of all sorts of different things, but, uh, you know, what we use is, uh, dextrose corn sugar. Okay. Um, you could use table sugar. You could use honey. You could use uh, molasses. You could use whatever you want, as long as it's got the sugars to, um, uh, you know, provide enough um, uh, material for the yeast to provide the right carbonation levels. Uh-huh. And, and, like and I a, should point out that um, in the next edition of How to Brew, due to be released next year, um, I do break down priming sugars into equivalent amounts great. Uh, for you. Which, so. which priming sugars do you cover? Well, I covered all the ones that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, the honey, table sugar, dextrose or corn sugar, mm-hmm. molasses, mm-hmm. Um, dry malt extract, mm-hmm. liquid malt extract. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you could use invert sugar. Yeah. The um, any Anytime you know the composition of the sugar, whether it's – you know, monosaccharide, disaccharide, like sucrose, mm-hmm. or trisaccharide, maltotriose, mul- like is, is the case in uh, malt extract. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different amounts of gas that each of those sugars, you know, generate. I mean, that the yeast generate mm-hmm. from those sugars. And so 
uh, in this next edition, I break that down and multiply it out so that you know uh, more accurately how much, uh, how many volumes of CO2 uh, each amount of sugar will give. So great, eh, just a shameless plug for next year. All right, all right. Well, and I think this is an interesting place to use um, uh, molasses, just because if you you know um, a lot of the flavor of the molasses is going to remain. Yeah. Um, in the beer because it's yeah. it's right in fermentation at the end of fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 add your your materials, you let this thing sit for you know as long as you would um, you know bottles to uh, you know carbonate up, yeah. and then um, you move it over to where you're going to serve it. One of the things about moving it and you're going to shake up the yeast if you're not careful, but you put it in in the rack and then um, uh, you let it sit for a little bit. For a day or so, then you hammer in the the soft spile, and the soft spile goes in to again relieve any excess pressure that may have may have built up, get the thing kind of uh, in proper condition to serve. Then you hammer in. You can hammer in your um, your uh, your your tap, your cask tap, and that would hook up direct to your beer engine. Or again, there are ones that gravity feed, um, and then. Um, that's about it. You know, you pull a pint through and uh, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, what haven't I mentioned? I mean, this was kind of last minute we threw this together, so I did not really. <laughs> yeah, no. Did, um, did not well, really look look at uh, John's email again. Uh, me, though. Well, he was asking about um, uh, what what is a beer engine? Um, yep. How do they work? Um, yeah, there's a cylinder inside, uh, generally a glass cylinder. And it's kind of like an old-time water pump. I mean, you yeah. pump the handle. And, and it's got little flapper valves on the bottom and on the top. So when you when you pull the the, the uh, handle down, yeah. it, it forces the, the beer through the, uh, through the uh, uh, little cylinder. And then mm-hmm. it's got a piston in it. And then um, when you go back up, it resets and does it again. And so... Um, um, the difference between this and uh, normally, I mean, carbonation is instead of carbonation pushing a beer through, mm-hmm. is it pu- it's pulling through right. negative vacuum? Right. So um, when you're pumping a cast beer through a beer engine, um, it comes out into – so if you don't use a sparkler or something like that, it's very similar to – uh, gravity-fed casks. That's why you can do gravity-fed casks. You can tap in your 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 tap into the cask, open the valve, and let it pour into a glass. That's essentially the same thing as, but without the beer engine. Now, mm-hmm. on the beer engine, it actually has the option of putting a sparkler on there, which is a, and they come in different sizes, different diameter holes, number of holes, things like that. And there's constant debate as to whether you use a sparkler or not um but just to agitate it a right bit? to break yeah. out the to co2 little, yeah and to yeah. cause more more head give it a little yeah right and the yeah. proper way to use a beer engine i i like the sparkler i'm a sparkler man uh <laughs> some people are not uh but you put the sparkler on because it, it knocks out more of the co2 i don't like a lot of co2 it gives it a nice creamy head um it looks like a nitrogenated beer being poured when you're the proper way to use a beer engine, they've got these long um, curved spouts on them that go up and then back down. And what that allows you to do is to put the the end of the the beer engine, the, the where the beer comes out, all the way in the bottom of the glass. So even when you're not using a sparkler, you put it at the bottom of the glass and kind of squirt it out through there, and it squirts out between the glass bottom and the and the the end of the beer engine and again causes some breakout of co2 to provide head and all that stuff so you you do that all the way until the thing is full and then you set the glass down and the, the a little more beer drips in there or you can top it up a little bit from there but it's always pumped with the glass all the way uh up with the uh the end of the beer engine all the way into the bottom of the glass. Sometimes people try and pour it like uh, you know regular beer. They angle it on the side and the top of the glass. That's mm-hmm. not what you're looking for. Yeah. You got to disturb the beer. So you got to pour it with some vigor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. 
and you know a sparkler helps with that as well if you're yeah. you're trying to disturb it stir it up um he also said um how do they work what's the effect on the beer compared to a traditional keg setup ah yeah it makes it softer um and uh, and because it's softer it tastes a little bit sweeter in my opinion mm-hmm. um and um yeah it's um it cha- it changes the mouthfeel of the beer quite a bit mm-hmm Sweeter, more more malty, you know. It yeah. tends to the malt tends to come out a little bit more, um, you know. So for hoppy beers, you know, may or may not be what you're looking for. Um, the you know lower carbonation, I really enjoy um, the the process of the cast conditioning, especially if you get a a, a green beer into the cask. Um, sometimes you can get a little more diacetyl, you can get a little more of, uh, you know, some of these, these characteristics when you, when you trap that into, into the, uh, cask early instead of letting the beer finish out fully, uh, in the fermenter first. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another thing about it. That's, you know, a little more common in British beers. I, I actually enjoy that. Um, some, some people don't. That touch of diacetyl, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, eh, it just depends on what you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you were over in England uh, last time, John, did you have a chance to uh, stop by and uh, get some uh, yeah. cast beer somewhere? I did. I had some at uh, Fuller's, and I had some, oh, at a pub uh, right down the street from... Uh, Sure, from um, on Baker Street mm-hmm. next to the Sherlock Holmes Museum, mm-hmm. and I uh, had a couple of nice beers there. Um, yeah, I, I had I was able to sample many in some in several different pubs. My only uh, my only disappointment was that the uh, the beers often had Cascade hops instead of East Kent Goldings. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of yeah. Like, there's getting to be a lot of modernization uh, on. Yeah. Um, uh, you know the beers that you find in in London now, and uh, I hope it doesn't squeeze out uh, good traditional globalization. Ales, uh, it's you know, it's not. Uh, I mean, I don't go over to the UK to drink uh, an American uh, IPA. I go over there to drink great, great British beer. Well, yeah. I'll tell you one of the most important things about um, brewing cast beer because they're all you know it's it's about flavor flavor in in a small beer generally, yeah. And if you want to brew great uh, traditional British cask ale, I would urge you to check out uh, the Vault at White Labs. So White Labs has a lot of great yeast to start, but this Vault program that they're doing, if you go to whitelabs dot com forward slash the Vault. Um, they, what they do out of the many thousands of yeast that they've collected over the last 20 years, you never see but a fraction of them offered up. What they're doing is they'll, they're going to pick a set out of uh, their vault and offer them up to, to people to pr- kind of pre-order. And what you do is you kind of vote and say, yeah, that's the one that, that I want. I want this one. And if enough people vote for that, then they'll go ahead and make up a batch and you get your yeast. If not, then, well, you know, you should have <laughs> figured out which one to vote for. But if you've got a, you know, a homebrew club, you all want to get together and say, hey, we're all going to brew, you know, this style for this month. Um, go to the vault. Get everybody to, to vote on, on one, and you can, uh, you know, pick out maybe some great uh, British cask yeast that uh, nobody gets to, to try. And, you know, right. it's not just the one batch thing either. If you mm-hmm. try it and you think it's fantastic, enough people try it and think it's absolutely fantastic, maybe become one of their permanent lineup. You can affect what White Labs has available for consumers going forward through uh, participating in this program. So I think it's, it's quite cool. I, I like it. Of course, I like the White Labs people. They're, they're pretty cool and awesome, too. So yeah. uh, check that, it out. That at, brings at, up uh, a good question. The, um, the choice of yeast strain for cask beer, mm-hmm. I mean, can you use any ale strain or is it well i mean yeah you could technically use any ale strain i would uh, traditionally what you you want is something that flocculates extremely well yeah. so it it lays to the bottom of the cask and doesn't end up 
mixing in with the beer all the time and getting, uh, you know, uh, cloudy, murky beer. Um, okay. We want it to settle out nice and clear and brilliant. So that's why the finings and um, uh, most English yeast do flocculate really well. That's why they'll, they rise to the top because they form lots of clumps and then the CO2 carries them up and they get to the, the surface. But that same yeah. action will cause them to sink in a nice tight mass at the bottom. So uh, that's okay. why people tend to use the British alias. Let's uh, take one more break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up about cast beer right after this. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. The Vault. Created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. <clears throat> John? Yes? Are you, are you getting enough? You getting, you getting what you need? Yes, I believe so. Well, but perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you're I missing some something. more. Perhaps you get some more. You know what you could do? You go to adamandeve.com, select just about any one item. Could be adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, you know, the mankini, anything you desire. Pop-up book? A pop-up book, yeah, right. Pop-up book with a little hole in the middle. You could see off code Jamel. <laughs> and, uh, and you're going to get 50% off of that at one item. You're going to get three free adult DVDs of your choosing. You're going to get a free Power-O vibrating ring and free shipping. All for using the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. So check them out. 
nice, uh, fun, healthy way to uh, enjoy yourself uh, uh, and uh, by yourself or with with, uh, your partner of choice. As long as they're a consenting adult, I got no problem with it. Um, There you go, adamandeve.com. Check them out. All right, let's wrap up this uh, cash beer show. Okay. What's what's uh, what are the final thoughts? What have I not covered? What are you confused about on Caspier, Steve? Um, <laughs> well, there's the sign of confusion. Troubleshooting, troubleshooting. Oh, the beer machine. Yeah, yeah there you things go. Things that could go wrong. Right, right. If things uh, you might have to replace after a million pumps. Sure, sure. They have rebuild <laughs> kits for for Drink the a pumps. lot of beer. You never well, know. It's funny you say a million pumps. Um, like an Angram beer engine is is built to do a million uh, pumps, and that's a lot of beer. A million pumps, Bevo. Like just like you that, know, Bevo. You are disgusting. You are so crude. You made that gesture with are... your hand. I sat here and watched you. <laughs> I was saying, for example, I was not saying. I was not doing this. I did this. The this. delicate maneuver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a delicate pump. I prefer maneuver. a delicate pump. Stop talking. Um, <clears throat> no, they're designed to do a million pumps of beer. Um, and the, the beer engines come in different sizes. There, there's like quarter pint, half pint. I don't think there's full pint. I think there's quarters and halves. There might be a couple of different sizes. Thirds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what that means is for every pump of the beer engine, um, it will... Put you know a quarter pint in your glass or a half pint in your glass. So if you're a high volume place, you're going to want to get like a half a half pint one. So with two pumps, you can fill up a pint to somebody. If you're home brewing and your consumption is, is smaller, and you get kind of a kick out of you know using the beer engine, you can get a quarter quarter pint. So you get you know four strokes per per glass. Nice. You know more strokes per glass can be more enjoyable for people, right, Bimo? And you notice I haven't said anything about tipping your rack forward. Right, right. Um, and so, uh, you know, they have rebuild kits for that. One of the reasons, so one of the other reasons that you might go with a smaller uh, cylinder is that um, it, there's less beer sitting in the cylinder, getting warm um, before you pump pump the uh, the cask again, or the beer engine again. So uh, that's another reason for, for going with a smaller cylinder. Um, the – what else was I going to say about that? Um, yeah. Um, again, you can get replacement parts. Um, and uh, what else? What else? Troubleshooting. Oh, yeah, too much carbonation. Yeah. The beer's just coming through the beer engine by itself. You've got too much carbonation in there. You need to mm-hmm. put in a soft spile, let the thing breathe for a little bit, or you know, hook up some sort of breathing apparatus to let the, the excess CO2 what leave What if you need more than four strokes to get <laughs> a full glass? A full glass. You just need to pump it a lot. Well, um, I think... There Thank you for joining in on uh, another excellent episode of Brewing Strong. <laughs> I, this I think, is a real question. I think, um, well, and I've seen this uh, problem before uh, where you're you're pumping like a madman and you're really not getting anything shooting out the end of the uh, the engine. The sparkler. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your sparkler. If you your have nozzle. a sparkler. Right. Some people have sparklers. Some, some, some people like a sparkler. Some people don't. Um, the... the uh, um, no, uh, and what can happen is one of the the little valves in the in the cylinder is not completely mm-hmm. sealing, and so you're getting some uh, loss of you know it's just running back down Vacuum into the into the, uh, okay. into the cask, and that's just a, a sign that you need to do a rebuild. They're fairly simple. Um, you can take them apart. It's, it's cut like four bolts that hold the whole kind of cage together, and then the little parts inside come apart pretty easy. It's glass. So just make sure you don't crack that glass mm-hmm. cylinder. There's replacements for them. You can get all the replacement parts on UKBrewing.com. Uh, 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 now, when so you say glass, you, do you mean like clear glass or fiberglass? Clear glass, like ah. glass glass, like window glass <laughs> in a okay. cylinder. 
and it's fairly thin and delicate. But you can get that. Uh, so if you find a beer engine at like a you know a flea market or something like that, even you know if it's basically all seems intact and like every piece is there, go ahead and get it. You could get other pieces. You could fix it and repair these things. These things are designed to last for you know forever. Decades, yeah. Yeah. Um, and chances are um, it'll, it'll work just fine when you hook it up. You just hook it up to water, a bucket of water, and run it through. That's another, oh, that's another thing. Okay, two things to talk about. One is they're refrigerated cylinders. So if you do have, um, you know, you want the beer is sitting in there and you want it to not get warm, um, there's, there's little glycol jackets that go in the refrigerated cylinders. There's an in and an out on the, on the jacket. You don't have to hook those up. So if you get it, it's nice. If not, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, you don't have to hook it up or not. And then, jeez, um, oh, I'm just, I can't remember what I was going to say two seconds after I said it. Um, so there's that. And then, um, oh, I don't know. Maintenance. Maintenance. Oh, yeah. You have cleaning. To clean them. Cleaning, yes. So for cleaning... Um, you just disconnect the the cask from your your tap, uh, your beer engine from your tap, um, and then you can pump the rest of the beer out into a glass and drink it or whatever, throw it away. Then the the end that hooks up to the tap, you just drop that into a bucket of like PBW solution, and you know warm PBW. You pump that through, and you can pump right back into the bucket out you know out of the bucket and back into the bucket. So just recirculate it. Let's sit for a little bit. Pump it again, and then uh, you can run clean water through it and just keep doing that until it's nice and clean uh, and there's no taste or slickness to the water. And you're pretty much done. You could run sanitizer through it if you want. I'd be careful about doing too much of that. You don't want to leave it filled with sanitizer and rot your your uh, seals or anything. So uh, just clean water and then uh, take the... Uh, the tubing out of the out of the bucket and just pump it until all the water's gone and is drained out and then it's good to sit uh until the next time you need it if you want when you hook it up again you could run some sanitizer through it before you run the beer through it but um generally i don't think it's necessary um if you keep it clean you run clean beer through it it's it's going to be just fine pretty simple stuff yeah sounds good cool anything else all right Good show. Uh, hopefully I covered everything. Um, normally I like to write these things down, but yeah, We're professionals. We win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're professionals wing it. That's that's what professionals do. <laughs> oh, that's, uh... That was being facetious, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, so that's right. That's right. Um, if you listen live, stay tuned. we got a live Q&A show coming up next and uh, lots of fun questions that uh, you guys have sent in to brewstrong at brewingnetwork.com. Try and get to every question, and eventually we will. We just have to uh, answer them faster than you guys send them in. And we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Till then, everybody, uh, make sure you keep supporting all our fine sponsors like Blakeman Engineering. Uh, check out the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. There's all sorts of goodies in there. There are uh, hats and hoodies and glassware and growlers, all sorts of good stuff. All, when you buy it, it goes to the bottom line, and the Brewing Network can help support shows like this. And what was the name of that website? Thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. No, that one. The UK one Brewing you, Supplies. That one. Thank there you, you go. All right. Till then, everybody, brew strong. Bruce Strong, everyone.